2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on. Locked
0: on. Locked Locked on. Locked. Locked. Locked on. Locked on Cowboys. Locked
1: on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. Joining me, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys had a game today where they uh, had three turnovers. They had more penalty yards than the Falcons. Uh, They had two failed fake punts. Uh, Their opposing quarterback had a passer rating of 126.3. They recorded just one sack, and the Cowboys won this game. How
0: is that possible? Uh, I'm still not 100% sure. (laughs) I mean, even after (laughs) watching the game several times, I mean... Uh, they also managed to uh, execute uh, pretty much the only successful onside kick I've seen uh, since they've changed the rules. Uh, I, I yeah. mean, it, while also, I mean, they must be the only team in history to execute an on to try an onside kick in two fake punts and be the winner, right? Like, it <laughs> gotta be. I mean, like, I, I think I, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, j- I mean, I guess just to kind of give a summary of of what of what happened. Uh, like everything, 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 everything happened. happened. Let's, let's, everything everything happened. happened. Uh, and then there was an onside kick. No, I, I mean, basically, you know, the Cowboys start the game with, I mean, just offensively five, five, five drives that included a punt and then five straight, uh, four straight turnovers, including two fumbles, a turnover and downs and then another fumble. Uh, and I mean, it just looked like the worst the worst first quarter of uh, football I think this team has ever played. I, I think I just want to kind of go over that first segment first. Oh, you're not
1: exaggerating either. I, I honestly think that first quarter from Dallas was the worst I've ever—I I can't think of one worse. I honestly can't. Yeah. And,
0: and, and it's, it's, it was such a, a debilitating and humiliating hole to be in. And it was the crazy thing about it was that it seemingly was coming from— you Know a lot of players that we had really, you know, it was Pollard yeah. and, and Zeke and, and Dak, Dak had Dak, a fumble, and, yeah, and, and you know, and and Dalton, Dalton Schultz, Schultz had a fumble who yeah. ended up having an incredible game. Like, we should, we'll talk about yeah. that too, but yeah, yeah. but I mean, I think you know, you were seeing that it was just like it was one of those things where oh, it's just not one of their day, one of those days doesn't even quite cover what the heck was going on in the first quarter. It seemed like right. the team was imploding. Season why that the experiment had failed, and so to, to a large degree, I, I don't. I mean, I think there's still that conversation to be had on what what the heck is going on with you know some of the play calling choices, some of the coaching choices. There are plenty to still continue to criticize, and we will go over a lot. But I think that the fact that the Cowboys were able to uh, overcome an, an abysmal, I mean, worse than abysmal first quarter, uh, speaks a lot to how well they I think they played for the rest of the game you know I, I yeah absolutely the offensively you know they, they were able to end up the game to kind of pull it out they were able to finally score uh, and they had only given up 13 points in that first quarter uh, off of all the all of that and, and, and like two touchdowns and two field goals in, in, in that in the end of the first quarter and and basically were able to kind of pull out some points they still were uh, you know struggling to kind of finish things off. And then they go into halftime just you know, with seemingly a, a kind of insurmountable lead, especially for how much struggling they were getting trying to move the ball. They were finally able to kind of get the things things going in the second quarter. They had two 11-yard uh, drives of 70 yards plus, which, I mean, I, I think were you know, giving us certainly some hope. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, even at the end of the game when they were moving the ball, it, it, it felt like the, the defense was so tired that they were giving up you know everything, and it was inevitable that Atlanta was going to march down the field every single office, offensive possession, and Dallas was not going to get the opportunity to to come back and, and score. And finally, they 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 uh, uh, scored enough points, and they get to a two point conversion try, and they uh, they fail there. And I'm sure there's going to be criticism with the analytics for film guys or whomever those two camps <laughs> are about whether that was a, a right decision. Um, but finally, you know, the Cowboys were able to force. I think if I remember correctly, they uh, one last punt right, and then
2: yeah, uh, one, one last punt, punt yep. and then
0: the Cowboys were able to uh, uh, score the, that last touchdown on an incredible ninety. Was it <laughs> a ninety-one yard drive? Was it? I mean, is,
1: yeah, it ended up being that way after penalties. I actually want to go back really, yeah, really quickly.
0: Please. So uh, I'm just something <laughs> really that... quickly because just I, I, but I mean, geez, it's like so. I mean, I'm, I I feel like I'm missing yeah, yeah. so much in there. So Go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah. So, just to kind of recap, 20 nothing at halftime. Cowboys scored a touchdown. Uh, by the end of the half, the Cowboys gave up a quick, cheap field goal at halftime. It's 29 yeah. nothing. Now, the Cowboys were getting the ball in the second half. They go down and score. They actually get a stop, and then they score a touchdown. So, it's 29-24 into the third yeah. quarter, and I think all of us thought, how is this even a game right now? And then... In typical cowboy fashion, they give they you know kick the ball back to Atlanta. They go down, score a touchdown, take a 36 to 24 lead. Cowboys run a fake punt inside their own 35 yard line. Atlanta kicks the field goal to go up 39 to 24 with. Uh, about you know under eight minutes left and that that felt like they the were game answering right there
0: every there. single time that was the thing is that yeah. it felt like the Cowboys offense finally got it kind of sh- you know the rust shaken off or whatever it was they figured out the protection schemes or whatever it was but th- by that time the defense had just fallen off a cliff and they just weren't yeah. able to do yeah. anything so it felt like no matter what the Cowboys were doing Atlanta was gonna answer you know in kind at least with a touchdown so it felt like it was impossible for the Cowboys to catch up at, at any point
1: right uh, and then you know after they took 39 24 lead Dallas goes touchdown punt from Atlanta touchdown field goal uh, just a, a, an absolutely wild wow. game it, you know in the second half the Cowboys had one drive that didn't end up in points and that was the one that turned into the the fake punt um, I, we can have a discussion a little bit about whether the Cowboys made the smart move going forward on two after scoring the uh, the touchdown uh, to get them at 39 to 30 we'll we'll do that later but Uh, If you didn't get a chance to to watch this game, please, please, please go to NFL Game Pass. You can sign up for a free seven-day trial. Go watch this game. Do the condensed version, 45 minutes. Uh, One of the, the most fun games that I've seen... From You know, as a Cowboy fan in a long, long time, I can't say it was the, the most fun to At watch time. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the first half was about the, the most stressful and uneasy uh, that I felt a long time. But uh, just a, a great game. We're going to talk all about this game uh, in the next segment. Uh, but I wanted to tell you guys about Visa help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots or your favorite shops local businesses have been there on your team supporting you and your community they remember your order and they call you by your name always giving back making a difference and going that extra mile but right now more than ever local businesses need our support so let's be there for them the next time you go shopping help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses and while you're there look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Okay, Landon, um, we can go in a million different directions, but let's just let's just start here. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this game?
0: that uh they need to let Dak cook <laughs> man yeah, I mean please 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 uh, you know this the second I, I I think you know I think that they want to ultimately, but I think the problem is is that they really were figuring out you know what what kind of combination of things were going to work I, I also, honestly will also point to two injuries that I think made made a difference too they they lost the the Falcons lost their right tackle and they lost tack McKinley mm-hmm. and when I think when they lost tack McKinley, um, they were i felt like they were and i need to go watch some l 22 before i you know say this but it felt like they figured out what they wanted to do protection wise and then ultimately everything in the second half they were felt like they were obligated and allowed to run you know quick and tempo stuff and i think when they were started running tempo stuff the protection became a lot easier for the for the tackles Dak was able to throw down the you know middle middle distance down the and then you know mix it up every once in a while with some deep passes because they were able to continue yeah, yeah. drives and, and they were having success and finally you know moving the ball uh, and then I think that kind of just it finally opened things up and and once the floodgates were open Dallas you know Dallas was able to throw the ball over the yard I I, I think that you know we saw finally saw Connor. Uh, C.D. Lamb show up uh, as as a you know kind of a rising yeah. target. Yeah. A guy who's making plays when they needed made them in, in a couple different spots. They were specifically focusing him on getting the ball and like reverses and and, and plays across the middle of the field, which I thought were, was great. Um, you know, I I think what else what else? Dalton Schultz played an incredible game. Like I, I think that that was something again. I was I've been pointing out like it's underrated because you know ultimately he wasn't you know the producer. He's kind of ta- the, taking advantage of what what all the attention around all the guys that are getting him but we need guys to do that because ultimately if you're not going to have a guy that's going to make a team pay for focusing on Cooper and Gallup and and Lamb uh someone else that fourth person to take advantage of then it's it's you're not going to really have a way to unlock those three receivers, and I think that was why we were all very upset when when Jarwin got hurt. So to see Schultz kind of have a game the way he did, as a kind of an efficient target guy, uh, I think was a big was a big thing to be honest. So uh, all sure. I think really what the, the the main takeaway for me was when the, when the Cowboys stopped pressing their stars to win the game and started properly distributing the the, the weight to Schultz Lamb. Cooper you know when, when, when it wasn't all about Zeke and Prescott they started to win more and they and everyone started to succeed more and I think that mm-hmm. I think when they, when the Cowboys were pressing on offense like that's when they were fumbling they were giving up the ball they were doing too much and, and they struggled
1: yeah that's a that's a good point I actually um I wrote down a couple plays that you might have forgotten this game that I really think you know swung th- this one and I'm I'm gonna bring them up to you right now so Um, On the drive in which the Cowboys got to 30 points, there was a third and seven pass to CeeDee Lamb where Dak was not one of Dak's better passes of the day. Uh, He actually threw it behind CeeDee Lamb, and it was right in Isaiah Oliver's hands, and Lamb was able to kind of go up in the air and and bring it down. That was a huge play. Uh, Noah Brown had two unbelievable plays today. One got brought back due to a penalty, but it actually gave them five yards. But uh, made it a much more manageable third down. Another one down in the red zone. He got clobbered by Keanu Neal. and frankly, that yeah. probably should have been a penalty. And his ability to, to hang on to the that ball uh, was it was I mean just just incredible. Real, real quick, real quick, uh, Noah yeah. Brown.
0: I, another thing I noticed while I was watching the game is on the failed two point conversion, there was like they they had Noah Brown inside on a bunches. Noah Brown dug out their linebacker. And put him on it. Yeah, so there yeah, was a yeah. lot of really good blocking by both Brown and Schultz and some of the other, you know, cast of the guys of the side cast that was really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, the, no, that's a great one. The Michael Gallup catch. Yes. Uh, people will probably remember that one. But that was a huge chunk play because that gained thirty eight yards, uh, put the Cowboys down to the five yard line with you know two minutes left in the game. Um, if they didn't get that penalty and he didn't get out of bounds, Dallas probably would have run out of time in this game. So to be able to get that big chunk play there. Uh, was pretty massive. And then, um, you know, on a a third or second, excuse me, second down and 12, uh, the Falcons had the ball with four minutes left. Everson Griffin made the first big play of his career to get them at third and 18, uh, basically to ensure that the Cowboys would get the ball back. Uh, You know, they're still down by two scores, but to get it back with three minutes left, at least gave them a chance. So uh, just a couple plays that you probably forgot of that that ended up swinging swinging you this game. Um, I wanted to talk about Prescott. You brought him up briefly. Uh, Before the game, I said, uh, if the Cowboys want any shot at this, they need uh, Dak to put on a Superman cape and, you know, to win this game. I didn't even think this was possible for Dak to have this kind of game, you know, 34-47, 450 yards, four touchdowns without two tackles. You get down in this one early. I mean, I I don't even know what to say about Prescott. I, I think you can make the case this was the best game of his career and his ability to just continue to make big play after big play uh, was absolutely incredible. What did you think about Prescott? And I mean,
0: yeah. You know, I mean, also just to throw in there, uh, the you know him being hit uh, by Dion Jones and having to go to the medical tent at some point, and then going ridiculous. back. I'm still mad and about that go-
1: play. That that was a dirty yeah, play absolutely. by Dion Jones. It was Jones. totally I, ridiculous.
0: And, and and then after right so. afterwards to go back in there and and just to kind of put it back in their face and go and do a QB sneak yeah. for the touchdown. That like. That's big boy stuff, you know, right there. Like, that's really just, you know, and then taking the team on his back. He had, I think he had 138 yards passing at the end of the first half. And then he finished with (laughs) over 450 yards passing. And so, uh, you know, and I think 9.6
1: yards passing. And the only
0: player in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, throw for more than 400 yards and have three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns in one game. So. Uh, you know, and, and again, there were people, you know, blaming the first half on Dak. Like, you know, I mean, like, why? I mean, like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So, I, I think, you know, it was it was a performance that, you know, especially on a day where uh, apparently Carson Wentz, uh, you know, had a, a, quite a bumbling of performance. It, it's another pr- another Shocker. proof point that that Dak is one of is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and when you la- allow him to take advantage of that. Uh, he's he ha- he will take advantage of it he especially with all these things yeah. at, at his opportun- at his at his fingertips all these weapons he ha- has he knows how to take advantage and, and how to move around and then when things aren't there mm-hmm. uh, he knows how to play on and off script and, and and take full advantage of every opportunity on every snap and that's you know it, it showed in the second half you give him a, a fighting chance and, and he's gonna take he's gonna take advantage of it
1: yeah, I, I always like the argument that people throw out there that Prescott is just a product of his offensive <laughs> line. Well, he had two undrafted free agent tackles, and they're switching spots from last yeah. week. And no Haga. Travis Frederick. Guard, yeah. <laughs> no Travis Frederick, a left guard who's you know, coming back from a torn ACL. Uh-huh. Uh, a center who I think both of us would think at the very best is probably average. Uh, 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 just an incredible, incredible day um, from Dak Prescott. Uh, I want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott because I think his day was fascinating. Um, He had 22 carries for 89 yards, averaged four yards on the ground, did score a touchdown, uh, two fumbles, added 33 yards in the receiving game. What did you think about Zeke today? Because he actually put the ball on the ground twice. Uh, One of them was a pretty costly fumble in the first quarter. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys all-pro running back and how he fared?
0: I thought he was playing well. I thought that his you know, the fumble the fumbles are were the issue, and they're and that's extremely uncharacteristic of both him and well, I mean Pollard. I think added that issue a little bit, but not too much. So it was uncharacteristic that they both. I mean, didn't they both put it on the ground twice? Like that's what.
1: Uh, yeah, Pollard Pollard's second touch of the game was a yeah. fumble. Remember? and Then it got challenged. And then, oh no! It, uh, it no, wasn't a
0: fumble that the second time he, that I was thinking of. He he had like a kickoff return, a couple questionable. You know, oh the yeah! Firm. Wow. Yeah.
1: We're not even going to get to the special yeah, teams yeah. today, but what an atrocious performance! Well, we should get to the special teams because I
0: do want to talk about. I do want to talk about the outside kick at the end, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think that yeah. To kind of answer your question, I, I think you know it was it was a struggle for him after that, and I think that he came back playing angry at, and and again maybe was they were pressing too much to kind of give him opportunities. I, it, I think it seems like that maybe the game plan is to run the football a little bit more on first down in the first half and then change it the, the mix in the second half. Like, I don't know. I'm, I, it's hard. Now it's been two games and, and it's like, is it because it's not working in the first half and they're trying in the second half? Or is it because... They're trying to do something in the first half that's not working, and th- their their plan is always to you know mix it up more in the second half. But either way,
1: I think they they couldn't run the ball on first down. I I remember charting it. I'll have to get the official yeah, numbers, it, but I'm pretty sure at one point they had 14 first down runs. Um, 13 of the 14 were unsuccessful, and they yeah, had two fumbles. it was awful.
0: I mean, it, and and it was it was the time that you know I'm for running the football, but again I'm against this because I just. You got to figure out the sequencing, and and and, and anytime, the, anytime teams have got a, a bead on what the Cowboys are doing, you know, based on on down and distance, it seems like the Cowboys are paying, you know, and I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be better when you have guys like Leo Collins and Tyron Smith eventually back when they come back. But right now, you're dealing with you know a, an offensive line that's shaky at this. As you got to keep the element of mystery of what you're doing in order to help those guys be able to do what they have to do to make the play successful i'm
1: curious to see what they do next week yeah. and we're gonna pre- we're gonna preview seattle but you know we just got done watching the the patriots and the seattle game and seattle cannot rush the passer unless it's jamal yeah, adams he's getting the, guy get. Get so, up the sacks yeah so to me this sounds like a game where you just let dak throw the ball 40 times and take your chances but um I- i'm sure the cowboys are going to try to find ways to get elliot involved um really quickly before we t- we take a break um, C.D. Lamb six catches 106 yards. Amari Cooper six catches for 100 yards, including a spectacular that one-handed was grab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup two for 58. He's kind of been the the odd man out in terms of you know receiving yards the last couple of games. Um, his time is coming. He's gonna. Ha- I mean, you saw it today. Yeah. He he has the potential to make some some big big plays. And then Noah Brown two for 28. As it, it, to me, it looks like he's kind of locked up that fourth receiver yeah. job. He's coming in. And playing more than what Cedric Wilson is, and that's okay. I, I I like Noah Brown's toughness. You can see him make plays in traffic. Uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, um, it was it surprising at all to you to see C.D. Lamb, you know, out outdo Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup so early on because he was a big part of their offense in this one.
0: You know, I think a lot again goes back to the opportunity, but I also think, yeah, I mean. C. D. Lamb's an incredible player. They're they're going to give him an opportunity to give him the ball and 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 and, and show what he's got. I, I think that he still uh has some str- you know uh, strategic value in in that he's still a little bit of an unknown uh in, in how the Cowboys are using him. So I think that that's that's you know something that they're still mm-hmm. exploring. So uh, yeah, I mean Cooper also you know came into the game dealing with a foot and kind of you know, hamstring thing. So. I think that they they the, the the key thing here is that they weren't forcing it to anybody. you know, I think that they no, they no. really spread the ball around and they had, you know it looks like what? nine, ten different receivers. You know, so I mean, I, I yeah. mean, yeah. Oh, oh, nine, yeah, nine, it's a good one, doesn't count. Um, so, yeah. Well, it kind of counts, but. <laughs> well, not for Dak, so at least. So that's a, that's a yeah. Chris Jones target. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Dak did a good job of, they, they all did a good job of kind of mixing up, uh, especially in the second half, mixing up the play calls a little bit, and not forcing it to anybody, uh, and, and finding, finding who was open. And frankly, that's, you know, a, a lot of why the, there was success. Uh, with with the offensive line as well is because is is, is Dax getting to, to all his reads and finding who's open quickly without having to you know waste a bunch of time in the pocket and, and you know buying himself creating time in the pocket so that he could you know deliver the ball to who he had to get it to.
1: It feels like it's going to be a week by week thing. If they find a slot corner who they can really yeah. pick on, like they did with, you know today with Ceedee Lamb, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, some games are going to be Amari Cooper where he's just cooking their outside corner. Uh, there'll be other games where it's Michael Gallup, and I think there will be occasionally Dalton Schultz yeah. games as well. So um, I don't expect it to ever be where one guy's getting fifteen, sixteen targets and everybody else is just left for scraps. I think it's going to be spread out like what we saw today. Um, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. And they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie, which I had yesterday. Just Just amazing. Cookies and cream and Apple Almond Crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you get $10 off any order at www.builtbar.com. And right now you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Okay, Landon, we have just a few minutes left, and we've got a million things to talk about. So uh, just I'm going to give you some real quick things that happened this game. Give me 30 seconds, a minute on each. Um, Cowboys defense, uh, one sack, no turnovers. Uh, Matt Ryan averaged seven point six yards attempt. Uh, they they didn't do much on defense. What were your thoughts on how they performed in this one? You
0: know they struggled. I mean it's it's a very good offense, and I think that they it it took so much out of them early on to kind of come away with what they did. That by the second half, you know, they had seen a lot and they'd run a lot, and they were exhausted. Um, and so I th- you know I think they gave us the one stop that that we needed at the time we needed it. Uh, and I think we should be grateful for that, but I, you know, I definitely have concerns that the Cowboys' offense really has to figure out a way to wake up a lot earlier in these games. And this is a problem that has existed before this current administration. This is a problem that is, I think you know seems to be. Similarly related to Kellen Moore's start, I think, and and and, and, yeah. and I don't know if it's a scripting issue or what it is, but they the Cowboys have got to figure it out because they're built to play with the lead, especially with this defense. Uh, and if if you can't unlock, you know, the best part of this defense, which is having all those pass rushers on the field at the same time. Then you're gonna to continue to kind of struggle to. I mean, like I've said a lot over and over and over again, it's the inverse of the Cowboys' offense. I mean, the the, the defense needs the Cowboys' defense needs their opponents to be one dimensional in order to be truly successful. That's just the reality of the mm. situation, the way that they're built. If they continue to have to play an entire game where they are having to play both the run and the pass, you know, and without knowing what's going on. They're not going to be as good. They're not a, a top ten defense that is going to shut teams down. So they need to, you know, they, they, they need to be playing kind of symbiotic football with an, with an offense that's putting up forty points. Now, that's great that the Cowboys put up those forty points, but the problem is they put them all up in the second half, so it made the game kind right. of tenuous, you know, defensively. So if the Cowboys can find find a way to kind of wake up earlier, play with the lead a little bit longer than the defense I think is going to look and feel a lot better. And the games are going to go a lot cleaner for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. And thank you to Julio Jones for dropping that oh key touchdown God. because it, without that, they score 46 points and the Cowboys have no shot at coming back. So uh, appreciate that. Uh, three more things I want to get to before we head out uh, two fake punts. Um, again, I don't have any problem at, ever for the Cowboys going forward on fourth down. Just don't take the ball out of the hands of your quarterback, right? I, I trust Dak to get five yards if you need to get five yards or four yards. Don't take the ball out of your your quarterback's hands. What were your thoughts on the fake ones? So, uh,
0: are we going real quick? I got to make sure we're going to talk about the onside kick, right? Okay, okay yeah, we're good. Okay. So, yeah. I, I think you know, the whole thing with is that you live and die by the sword with this stuff, and 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 I think that there's a. I mean, I I think there was the fourth and five call was too long, and I think even McCarthy admitted that. Like that's just that second time was that was too much. I, I don't
1: too far to or do a running. Yeah. Play? Yeah. It's too I, much. I,
0: I don't hate a, a one, a one off. I don't hate that shot, but I hate, I hate calling it in an obvious situation. And you know, when, again, like you've said, why not let your quarterback do it? I, I think if you're, if you need to get a convert a fourth and fifth, and it's obvious to everyone that you need to convert convert a fourth and fifth, uh, a fourth and five, then, then, then you know, take leave your quarterback on there the guy that's giving you the best shot yeah the element of surprise has to you know be the thing that kind of you know tilts the odds if you're going to have your punter in there throwing the football
1: yeah typically teams that run a lot of fake punts are ones that don't believe their offense or don't trust in their quarterback and i'm i'm, I'm fine with that as a strategy but when you have a guy like dak who has yeah. been cooking for so long just give a give a tip. Um, we're going to talk about the fake punt in a second, but I want to talk about the the, the failed two-point conversion by the yeah. Cowboys. Again, the Cowboys had a 30-39 to 39 deficit down by nine. They had the opportunity to kick a field goal or, excuse me, an extra point to go down by eight. They went for two, and I love that. I, I, I The reason why I love them going for two is it allows you to know right away what you need to do the rest of the game. I know there's people out there that believe you, you – kick the extra point, and you extend the game. Today is a perfect, perfect example of why you don't do that. Cowboys didn't get it early, so now they knew in the next drive they had to play with tempo and pace to give themselves a chance. Um, They got the onside kick. I I pointed out today, the Cowboys against the Jets last year had almost the exact same scenario play out. They kicked an extra point when they were down by 15, got it down by 8, they went and scored a touchdown late, late in that Jets game, didn't get the two-point diversion, the game was over. There was no time left on the clock. At least this way you're giving yourself options. If you get it, you will have the chance to win it in over or excuse me, win it in regulation. If you decide to go for two, then you can kick the extra point and tie the game. It gives you options. Uh, I, I just hated the play call. Yeah. What did you think about the Cowboys going for two there?
0: I tend to agree uh with, with your with your thought process there. I, I think that, you know, I've heard other people make the argument that if you do it the other way, then you kinda of put the onus on the other team's offense of not of no not knowing what they have to get in order to score after they score. But I I, I, I kinda of, you know, I, I kinda of think that it's uh, the, the thing that I actually had the more issue with, especially, and again, I agree with you. I think go for the two point conversion, make it a better play call though. Uh, the thing that I actually yeah. kind of had an issue with was maybe more of the fact that they probably should have kicked a field goal instead of trying to go for a touchdown there at the end. Right. And try to save some, save some time at the,
1: yeah, I thought on. about that. If they, if they would have got down, you know, to third and fourth down. Yeah. You probably kicked the field goal then, but it, I don't know. Their offense was moving yeah, the ball so true. well. I think it, it, I think it just ended up working out. It did end up, up working
0: um, out. Then obviously, with, with the uh, unlikely odds of the onside kick, I mean, it, it kind of yeah, threw everything but, out the window.
1: Yeah, let's, let's talk about this onside kick because a lot of people don't understand how in the world did the Cowboys recover it. Uh, and can I give you my theory as to what happened? I, I
0: wonder if ours is the, I, is the same. Okay, go.
1: I don't think the Falcons thought that ball was getting to 10 yards. When you first watch it, when they kicked it, it went about three to five yards. I think the Falcons players just assumed it would never get to, to 10 yards, and it just kept spinning and spinning and spinning okay. closer to that 10-yard I, line. I,
0: I, mine's very similar. It's a little bit more uh, uh, tinfoil, but here we go. Um, I think that when they – so what happened is that they specifically called timeout when they saw how, how he was teeing up the football, Right. So to me yeah. they knew what Or not seeing up the football. Well not yeah. teeing up the fall. And, and well <laughs> beyond that though, they, they, they had it on parallel to the line of scrimmage. Did you notice that?
2: So yeah. I think yeah. that
0: as soon as they saw the way the Zerline was putting it down, they knew exactly what was gonna happen. But the problem was they called timeout and I think what happened is the special teams coordinator said, Don't touch the football because what's happening is that he's kicking it at a, with the high RPMs like spinning out of control with the idea that if you touch it it's out because if they touch it you know inside out, it's outside of the 10-yard line or I'm sorry inside of the 10-yard line if the other team touches it then it's a free ball then it's a free ball and anybody yeah. can get it so yeah. what he was trying to avoid was them touching it and then it bouncing out of control and then suddenly you know the the oblong ball comes into play right the, the right. issue was that by telling him that and the ball actually traveling 10 yards. C.J. Goodwin was able to get such good position on, I think it was Hayden Hurst who was out on there, yeah, it that was. by the yeah. time it did travel 10 yards, he had the best opportunity to jump on the ball at the time. So I honestly think that the timeout called by Atlanta, and I, I would love to know what the special teams coach told them, but I, I, I have a, a hunch that I think that it, what he told him was, Look, he's going to kick this ball. It's going to spin out of control. Don't touch it because if you touch it, that's going to give them the opportunity to jump at the ball. And by doing that, he accidentally kind of sealed the fate of the situation because they yeah, just wa- they maybe. just basically watched the football travel ten yards, which they probably didn't expect, like you said. And then as soon as it did, Goodwin was ready and, and passed on the ball.
1: Yeah, it almost reminds me like of a baseball play where a hitter hits the ball yeah, right the down arm, like, like the, the third base yeah. line, and you just you think it's you think it's going to go foul, and it just never yeah. does. It's almost the opposite of that one. That, that ball attention, right? when I tension
0: of people he, watching something happen and they're like waiting for yeah. the moment to pounce on it if it does. You know, right, yeah. When
1: when I watched that, like in my mind, Zerline kicking it, I'm like, Are you serious? You didn't even give your 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 chance, your kicking team a chance to recover. You didn't even get it ten yards. And the ball just kept spinning and spinning and spinning closer. You watch that play. I mean, it's unbelievable because almost everybody except for C.J. Goodwin is like 15 yards down the field on the Cowboys side, not looking at the ball either. Like Dalton Schultz is down the field. He's not even looking at the ball. He's looking to block somebody. It's just a crazy, crazy play. And. Um, you know, sometimes these are the types of plays you need, these dumb luck plays to save a season. Now, now, not to say the Cowboys' season is over, you go to 0-2, but to get that type of win, to get that first win from Mike McCarthy, uh, I, I just—we'll see what it does momentum-wise for the Cowboys. I-, I don't believe momentum is necessarily real in football games, but I do think— I do think there's a winning momentum for a team in a locker room, right to, to have this good feeling of knowing how to win games in the NFL because it's incredibly difficult to win games. Um, I, I just think that was what they, it's what they needed after you know a bad stretch dead in the year last year. Um, a, a rough game in week one where they probably should have won that one. Uh, it's just a, it's just a great week two game for the Cowboys. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We will be back on Tuesday uh, to do some more film review stuff, to do some questions. Uh, we got a crossover show coming up later this week. A lot lot going on here in the Locked on Cowboys podcast. You can follow us, again, at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.